when you hear something, it always takes you, there's a sort of a split second before you know what you think about it. If you say something to me, I'm going to go, what did he just say? Okay, well, here's what I think about that. But when you hear a piece of music, it is instant emotion. We get this instant emotional hit from music and we like it. It's pleasure. And we don't have to think about it. We just like it. That's the power of music. Hello and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? Registration for the ADHD Essentials online parent coaching groups closes on Wednesday. So assuming you're listening to this episode when it releases, you have four days to sign up for the groups. Currently, you can only register for the 5 p.m. Eastern group. If there's been a little procrastination for you, now's the time to take action. Go to ADHDessentials.com slash parent groups for more information and to get a link to register. Or email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. The groups will run beginning Monday, July 12th and will last for eight weeks, meeting on Mondays and Wednesdays, wrapping up on September 1st. Each of those eight weeks will have its own theme, Self-care, parenting as leadership, connection, communication, systems and structures, anxiety, the wall of awful, and questions. All of them being looked at from an ADHD-friendly perspective. And the overall approach to the groups, targeting ways to improve family relationships and connectedness, and ways to reduce the overall anxiety in the home. The fee for the groups is $976, which is payable all at once or four installments of $244 each. Once again, go to ADHDessentials.com slash parentgroups for more details and to register for a free information session. Or email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. A big thank you to Jeffrey Gordon of Ideal Video Strategies for all of the work he did on this episode. I greatly appreciate his help each and every week. And of course, check out our partner podcasts, ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, Hacking Your ADHD with Will Curb, ADHD Diversified with MJ, and the ADHD Friendly Lifestyle with Moira Maven. There's a live Q&A on Tuesday, July 13th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern that will include all of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network participants. Go to ADHDrewired.com events to sign up. Finally, if you haven't already, I would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast player of choice. The more of those we get, the more people can be reached by this podcast, and I want to help as many folks as I can. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking to Will Henschel. Will is an inventor, a tech entrepreneur, and a music producer. He was the founding member of the band London Beat, whose hit song, I've Been Thinking About You, reached number one in the Billboard charts in the early 90s. His latest endeavor, Focus at Will, 
is a science-based music streaming service designed to help people work more efficiently and reduce distractions. In this episode, Will talks about how music affects the brain. He discusses why it can be used to reduce anxiety and help us focus, how music affects the limbic system of our brain, and even shares a few non-musical productivity hacks towards the end of the show. All right, let's get rolling. I'm Will Henschel. I am an inventor, I am a musician, and I'm an entrepreneur. And I too have ADD, and I wanted to talk to you and your audience because you're my people. Yeah, and uh, I understand you've been thinking about me. Like this, do you mean? I was the founder of this band. Nice. I'm the guitar player and the white guy. So, yes, I I have been thinking about you. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) At the risk of of making both of us sound old, that brings me back to middle school. (laughs) I was a little older than middle school, but I was not much older. And yeah, I knew both. I formed this band in the late 80s called London Beat, and it was in London. And the three singers, there was me and three soul singers. They were African-American guys who were living in London. They had a very successful career as background vocalists, actually. And I had a few songs, and I was working behind the scenes in the British uh, music scene. At the time, I was a record producer and an engineer and a session player. And I met these guys. I said... Hey, I love the way you sing. I got a couple of songs. I've been thinking about you. And then we got together and we were signed to MCA Records for nine years. Sold a lot of records, yeah. Awesome. Which, oddly enough, is not why I brought you on the show. It's just (laughs) awesome to know that that's the case. I've got you on the show because you've got this thing called Focus at Will, which is music to be productive by, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. Well, I do, as I said in my introduction, I do these two things. I am both a composer and a musician. And as you can hear, you know that song. There were several other big hits as well. That was the one that most people know uh, best. And I'm also an inventor and I'm a scientist. So I'm kind of left and right brained. I do both things. And um, I found out a lot in the first half of my life about how to make records how to make songs music that sounds great on the radio you have three minutes and you've got to get a chorus you've got to get a lift you've got to have it in a key that people can sing along with you got to write the lyrics that are universal it's a, it's a skill writing pop songs but i discovered that later on when i i, I quit the band and then i started a, a high-tech business in uh, i'm originally english as you can tell from the accent but i moved to san francisco And I started a high-tech business, which was a networking, a recording studio networking system. And it's called, it was called Rocket Network. And I raised a lot of money in the 90s. Paul Allen and Cisco and a bunch of other tech uh, investors came in. And we sold the core technology to a company called Avid, who make Pro Tools, which is the standard professional audio recording software that everybody uses in the world. So that technology became the Avid Cloud Collaboration. Here's how this joins up. When I sold the company to Avid, I had to then work at Avid for a couple of years. And I was sitting in a cubicle trying to work. And as you can imagine, (laughs) 
that was difficult because prior to then, I'd been my own boss of my own company. If I got stuck on an idea, I'd just go and walk around. I was in San Francisco in the 90s. I'd walk out to the beach. I'd be, I was like, I had my methods of doing things. And when I worked for the new company, they were like, oh, we need you in the office. Office hours. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and then it was noisy in the office I was in. And I do need noise to work. ADD. I need a lot of stimulation to be able to focus and concentrate. But it was the wrong kind of noise. So I ended up trying to find music that would help me personally focus and concentrate and couldn't find a thing. But I had this instinctive kind of, oh, you know, I just feel there is something. And that led me down this path to find, find out more about the brain, uh, to find out more about neuroscience and music and why we humans respond to music in certain ways. And then why people like me, and I presume you, uh, Brendan, who are ADD, we're not, it's not a disorder, it's just different. And most of my friends are like me. And in fact, it just means that you need a lot of stimulus around you, stimulation to be able to focus on one thing. And that's actually an advantage. I used to be a teacher. And so I, and I was an English teacher. So my grading was like reading essays and being kind of deeply immersed in stuff. It wasn't like scanning a worksheet to see if the stuff had the right letters written down. Sometimes I was doing that, but often I was grading essays. And I had a whole essay playlist that I would use. A lot of Frank Sinatra, because it seemed to have the right kind of rhythm for me. And I don't particularly have a strong passion for Frank Sinatra. So like, I wasn't attaching myself to the lyrics. I wasn't really listening to the words. I was just like, all right, you're crooning. That's cool. I can still read the words on this page. As opposed to if I were to listen to something by London Beat, where I would know the words and it is more engaging, I'm not going to be able to grade anything there because pop music is designed to really engage and connect with you. Yes and yes, that's exactly right. Um, not only that, our, our limbic system, which is the part of our brain which responds to music, it's the sort of what, what's known as the reptile brain, right? That's the, the limbic at the back of the brain has an instant reaction to music. There's no delay while you think about it. You just like it. And then related to that, it has a special sensitivity to anything that is reminds you of food, sex, or danger. So when I'm sitting here talking to you right now, I can, I can look at you on the screen. I can hear your voice. But my limbic system through my ears is making sure that it's safe for me to be sit, sitting here and talking to you. My limbic is on constant alert for sounds. And if it is a sound of someone walking up behind me, I'm going to be, I cannot help it. I will look around. If it is uh, a sound of a human voice, I'm going to pay particular attention because, again, is it food, sex, or danger? I don't know what this is. Is it? So we're all wired. And in fact, we're all here today because our ancestors had a very keen <laughs> sense, evolutionarily winning, uh, being aware of their environment through their hearing. This relates to music in so much as we found that music with any kind of vocal in it is distracting. So you were just saying that Frank Sinatra worked for you. Well, you're a bit of an outlier, I think, in a certain way. I don't want to pretend that it never pulled me out because there were some songs, those lyrics pulled me out of the essays I was trying to read. Yeah. But, but there were enough of them where I didn't know the words and I was like, 
there are Frank Sinatra songs that I've probably heard dozens of times that I've never actually heard. Right. Like, I don't know what the lyrics of them are. I just they've played in the background. Well, a lot of the lyrics in that stuff is pretty nonsensical anyway, really. <laughs> the classics not, but you know. but we, we found in Focus at World when we started, we, we, we've been going about 10 years and it's a music service that is specifically aimed for people when they're working. The aha moment came for me actually when I met Ned Hallowell, who is uh, a close science advisor for us here. And um, he wrote the two best-selling books, Driven to Distraction and Driven to Distraction at Work. I actually met him because he called me up one day. I didn't know him. I was trying to get, I was, wanted to meet him. And he called me up and he has a big Boston voice. And he goes, hey, is that Will from Focus at Will? This is Ned from Focus at Ned. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like Ned. Yeah, right. He got his voice. He's like this. And he said, um, he's just written his new book, which is called Driven to Distraction at Work. And he used Focus at Will for the entire thing. And I was like, wow, fantastic. And he said, do you know about uh, the ocean score and uh, the way that psychology works? And I was like, well, a little bit. Teach me more. So we got him involved. And with his help, we were able to figure out that there are a number of buckets you could put people into. It's about brain type. So if you think of how easily distracted are you? You've got maybe the Dalai Lama <laughs> on the left-hand side of the scale, and this guy can meditate standing up on the freeway in the median, right? This, this guy. And then you've got maybe Elon Musk on the other side. I like to use him because he is the most ADD guy, I think. He makes me want to go, oh. <laughs> but look at him. He's a genius. And there are, there are people who are highly capable. Jeff Bezos, um, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Ellen. I'm just, just spitting out names here. Um, Prince, um, right? These are folk who are incredibly productive and are also very easily distracted. So we found there is a scale you can put someone on between sort of zero and 100. And counterintuitively, this was with Ned's help, we found that the more easily distracted you are, people who, who are not wired like us, but people who are not differently abled with ADD or ADHD, would want to intuitively give you something to calm you down. They'd be like, well, um, you know, I'm going to play a bit of an example here. If someone didn't understand this, they'd say, well, Brendan, how about something like this? Yeah, no way. The strings are hitting too hard. Or, again, intuitively, they're like, well, you, you're so hyper, I want to give you that to calm you down. And we're like, no, that's not how it works. In fact, people who are towards the super distractibility scale need something like this. There's a pulse. Sometimes that's a little too much for someone, and we have another... Ch I'm just playing varying channels off of the Folks at Will system here. Just These are good examples of what it sounds like. This is... So, fun little story. My sensei writes music. I'm a brown belt in Kempo. Uh, my sensei writes music. And there, there is this tone that he plays. He's got this one track that's just tones. It just goes up and down. And there's this one tone that like turns off my brain. 
Like I just hear it and I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm like in this tone now and I'll just be in this tone for a while. What you just played is that's what that did to me. I was just like, oh, I'm going to like be a deer in headlights for a little while. Right. The one prior to that was good. But the second, the one most recently that you played was like shutting my mind off. Now, our most successful channel on the system is called Nature Beat, which is a unique channel to focus. Well, you can't hear this anywhere else. None of this material. And it is a hybrid between the two. And it has a beat. And it has the sound of birds in it. And that has a very specific function for people because your brain cannot anticipate what the birds are going to be doing. It's an actual recording in a forest of a bunch of birds. I'll just play a little bit. It's also relaxing too, right? Because evolutionarily we're evolved to know that if the birds shut up, there's danger. So if the birds are making noise, we're safe. All safe. You've, you just called it. Yeah, I'll play a little bit more and have a listen. So that's the most popular uh, channel on the system. It's called Nature Beat. You, you can't hear that anywhere else. It's just uh, it's just on the Folks at Will system. But as we get towards people who are more ADD or people who are actually diagnosed as, as ADD, ADHD, there is a channel that is incredibly effective. Uh, effective. And 5% of our users listen to this all day long. Here's an example. It's just winding up. It's called ADHD type one. Wow. Yeah. There's different types of ADD, right? Right. Yeah. I can believe that people use that, but I, I couldn't. That wouldn't. It's a little too aggressive for me to get things done in. In that case, you're not quite as far to the right on that scale as, as, as the sum of the rest of us, because I find that very relaxing. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is... There is no right or wrong here. There is literally no right or wrong. The human brain is like a, if you, if you call, think about an, uh, 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 comparing it to a computer. All human beings have the same basic wiring. Male, female, wherever you come from in the world, we have a human brain and it has the same wiring and it has the same nerve paths. Now, some of the junctions are different sizes, but it fundamentally is wired the same. But what's different is the software. It's how the neurons connect. It's how the neuroplasticity of your life is. It, it's about the way that you, you the heritage of your company, uh, of your, uh, <laughs> the heritage of your, of, your, of your ancestors has given you uh, a slightly different advantage. Like some people are musicians, some people are artists, some people are great mathematicians. And that's to do with the software combined with the, the, the layout of the brain. Now, turns out that you know, 10% of the population are really quite easily distracted. And this, I played it. Yeah. <laughs> it calms us down. <laughs> and with Ned Hallowell's help, uh, Dr. Hallowell and two of the other science advisors on our system, Dr. Evian Gordon uh, is the other person. And we started to figure out why. Why? Well... If you, we all know that stimulants calm people down with ADHD, right? And I'm sure you've talked about this many times on your show. Ned gave me like a summary, which I'll share with you, which had me going, oh, 
that's what it is. And he said, all humans have a clock in the back of their brain that ticks about four times a second. It's an internal clock. You don't hear it, but it is saying four times a second. It's going, talk to Brendan, talk to Brendan, talk to Brendan, because the consciousness part of your mind is like a naughty kid in the back seat. It's like you just say, hey, talk to, right? If that clock is running slowly, guess what's going to happen? It's going to go, talk to Brendan. And now I'm like, oh, what's that over there? Oh, what do you say? Sorry. And it's going to say, now talk to Brendan. I'm like, okay. And now I'm looking out the window and there's someone walking by. I'm like, hey. I'm like, oh, sorry. What do you say? So your clock is running slowly. And stimulants, coffee, whatever it is, you can take that then speeds that clock up. So it's saying, talk to Brendan, talk to Brendan, talk to Brendan. And so I can concentrate on the job. So we have found there is a link between the amount of energy in the audio music stream and the way that those pharmaceuticals work. It connects to the same part of the brain. For instance, we, we talked earlier on about the channel called Up Tempo. I'll just play a burst of that. Here we go. What this is doing, what this is doing is it's clocking your brain at a regular speed, the like this so that you can do, and it's like, I sometimes think of it like a cox, you know, in a rowboat. They're going, pull, and everybody goes, pull. That's how this works. It also helps us notice that time is passing too, right? Because one of the challenges for ADHD is time awareness. And how long have I been sitting here doing this thing? Did time even pass? But if we've got some music playing in the background, oh, no, time has passed because I'm hearing this rhythm. I'm hearing this beat. That's sort of not exactly a physical manifestation of time, but like a, like a rhythmic auditory manifestation of time. And that's useful because that helps me know no, 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 pay attention, stay focused, stay tuned in. I'd be curious to know, do any of your listeners comment on some of the streams having a bit of an anxiety effect on them? Like that, the one that you were like, this is the ADHD one, that one's going to get my anxiety flying. And that's why I can't do that one because it's, it's just a little too aggressive. But the one you just played, that's kind of got the right sort of rhythm. I'm also more of a hip hop guy than a, than a rock guy. So that might be playing a role here too. Yeah, that- a lot slower, but it's very intense. If you think about sound for a minute, imagine a flute goes, it's a very pure sound. It's kind of a sine wave, if anybody's interested. Technically, it's a very pure sound. Or if you compare that to, say, the sound of, in a movie, of a great big scene where there's huge explosions and there's, that's a very complicated sound, right? So your brain pays more attention to a complicated sound because you have to decipher it. What on earth is going on in that? Or a very pure sound. And so we have the same thing happening here. If I play a very, here's a very pure, gentle sound, for instance. These are very uncomplicated sounds. If you play this, it's very complicated sound. Each beat of that requires more of your conscious attention to listen to. And as we we were talking earlier on, being ADD just means that you need a lot of stimulus in your environment for you to be able to concentrate. And this helps (laughs) soak up some of that extra. (laughs) That's cool. That's really interesting. And I'm happy to have connected with you to kind of get this lens on the use of music to inspire productivity and help us get going. 
because it's something that I do. Right. And, and including going back to middle school. Right. And, and you thinking about me, because <laughs> that's the stuff that I listen to when I'm down, when I'm struggling and I'm not in quite the way you're describing. I'm not necessarily listening to it while I'm working, but I use it as like an emotional medication to address the emotional barriers, my wall of awful model, for those of you who know what that is, my wall of awful to like, if I'm stuck and I just can't start, if I listen to like Belle Biv DeVoe or Queen or something like that, stuff I listened to in middle school and high school, especially that puts me emotionally back in those days when I was younger and felt a little more invincible. And that helps me power through to do the thing that I need to do, which I recognize is not exactly where we are with, with this conversation. But I think that that's also an interesting piece of what music is capable of doing. That's the point. Music works directly on our limbic system. It goes, the sound goes in your ears. Have you ever, what about this for a question? Why do we like music? Humans, why? Why do you go to a classical concert and you have all the people, stuffy people there with all this, you know, the, the bow ties and all the ladies done up with all the stuff, or you go to a hip hop event and it is absolutely you know, noisy, but it's all music. What's happening to us as humans? You have, there's three levels of the brain, right? There's the, there's the limbic system and then the logical system, then your consciousness. When you hear something, it always takes you, there's a sort of a split second before you know what you think about it. If you say something to me, I'm going to go, what did he just say? Okay, well, here's what I think about that. But when you hear a piece of music, it is instant emotion. We get this instant emotional hit from music. And we like it. It's pleasure. And we don't have to think about it. We just like it. That's the power of music. And you're talking about managing anxiety and talking about getting into the right mindset using music from, you know, your middle and high school days. Yes, that's, that's why we listen to music. That's, you know, thinking about you was one of the most played songs in the world in, in, in its year in, in 1991. And it is still played now on all the oldie stations. It's a great song. So earlier I asked about kind of what are you hearing from your audience around anxiety? Are you getting any tips and tricks from them? Yeah, I, I, I am. Um, there is an overlap uh, that we have found between, especially in the developer computer. We, uh, we have a lot of engineers uh, use our system. And I did a project with Google a few years ago and met uh, one of the teams there. And I had the most intriguing conversation with them where there's 20, 19 or 20 of these folk in the room. And in any sort of so-called normal uh, environment, all of these people are complete misfits. They're, 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 you know, odd people, genius level people. And, you know, Google hires the best in the world at what they do. And we were talking about anxiety and we were talking about how do you deal with that? And a couple of them said something that, absolutely stayed with me. They said, we're both Aspies. Well, I knew that. Uh, I, I have some dear friends who are Asperger's and I'd, I'd already figured that out. And they said, the problem we have is that when we hear music, there is emotion in it and we don't know what to do with it. And I was like, whoa, that is so interesting. So think about this. If I play this, it's kind of happy that right you can see it's kind of happy to but some people who are on the autistic spectrum find that confusing 
So they have to manage that confusing feeling. So we built a couple of channels. I, I don't have them here. They're on the live app, though, called Drums and Hums. And they are just rhythm. There's no music. It's just rhythm. And they found that for them, this was very helpful. Of course, there's the drum beat without the actual harmony and melody. I thought it was, it was uh, fascinating to find that out. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, we're all different. Now, your question was, are there any other things? There is. We, we have, uh, in fact, if anybody wants to reach me and, and give me, send me some more tips, tell me what you do. I'm fascinated with productivity and focus and flow. Um, I'm Will at focusatwill.com. But last week, in the last couple of weeks, I've heard these three tips. The first one is, when you're sitting, working, make sure that you're facing the door. Don't sit sideways to the door, but make sure you are facing the door. Because what happens is your limbic system is constantly looking out for danger. And if you can't see the door when you're sitting working, you'll be aware, you might not be aware of it, but your non-conscious attention will be aware that someone might sneak up on you behind. It's a sort of an, an uneasy feeling. Second one was, I tried this. One of our users is a, I think he's a, is it called a podiatrist, a foot doctor? Anyway, he said, make sure that your ankles and your feet are at 90 degrees. So make sure that when you're sitting, that I'm, I'm showing you this on the screen here, so that your ankles are flat to the floor and then your ankles are, uh, and then your ankles are at 90 degrees. He said, it affects your posture and it affects your blood flow. And I was like, well, that's true because I'm sitting over there on a stool and I, my feet are on the, on the sort of the foot rail on the stool and my feet are at a funny angle. So I tried experimenting with like a couple of books so I could sit on my stool with my feet flat on the books. And whoa, that had me surprised, really had me surprised. So just keep that one in mind. And then the third one was uh, another doctor that used our system. He's an eye doctor. And he said... We never adjust the brightness of our computers because there's a setting on a Mac and a Windows box that automatically adjusts brightness for the room ambience, right? You've probably seen that on the computers. He said it doesn't work very well. And he said, cover one eye, look out of the window, and then look at your screen again. So look, or at the brightest thing in the room. And in my office here, I've got a big window. I'm looking out of the window and now looking at the screen. Now I've got my computer set up right because I knew this. And when I do that, I can see what's on the screen without having to adjust. And he said, what it's doing is it's like driving a car with the e-brake on a little bit. It's a constant low-grade drain on your ergonomic resources. So those were three super fascinating tips that I heard in the last two weeks, especially the computer brightness. So what you can do is you can go into the preferences on, on a Mac or a Windows machine and adjust the brightness of the screen so that it's not too dim or too bright for the ambient light that you're working in. That's really cool. I would not have thought of that. I, I'm kind of like, yeah, it automatically adjusts for you. Don't worry about it. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> or even if it's too bright, kind of who cares? You know, like even if it's a little brighter than, than the rest of the room, that does that just make it easier to see? That would be sort of my approach. Uh, it's stressing your system. And it was explained to me that what it's doing is it's impacting your fight or flight because you're having to concentrate harder. That your, your non-conscious attention is having to concentrate harder. That's interesting. There's a, there's a lot of these kind of ergonomic and you know office setup things that really affect us that we don't even think about. So just being mindful of time. 
do you have any ending essentials that you'd like to share with our audience? Well, the obvious one is check out folks that will. Um, <laughs> a word from our sponsor. Being serious, there's a, um, on the homepage, there's, there's no charges free. There's a quiz that has 17 questions. And that quiz predicts, it has an 80% accuracy, that quiz predicts which type of music will work best for your brain type. Just do the test and make sure the music you are listening to, whether it's folks will or not, is the right kind of music. Because if you're listening to the wrong kind of music, again, you're putting a sort of a low-grade drain. It's like driving your car with the e-brake on a little bit more. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com, and visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.